Just kiss your babies gently. Have a night. And do the best you can. Yeah. And do the best you can. Welcome to Under Others, where we interview the coolest people you've never heard of. I'm Stephen Woodfin, your host. We hope if you enjoy these interviews that you'll stop by untoothers.org and drop us a line. Tonight we have a young lady with us who has accomplished a great deal already in her life, and we're going to learn a few things about what she's already done and what she intends to do in the next few years. So, today we have Grady Jane. Introduce yourself for us, please, ma'am. Hello. My name is Grady Jane Woodfin. Um, I currently live up near Seattle, Washington in a town called Bellevue. Uh, I have a degree in writing and hopefully one day we'll make something out of it. Where did you take your degree from? I went to Full Sail University, graduated with my bachelor's degree for creative writing for entertainment in 2015. And in Seattle, are you living with some of your roommates from uh, Full Sail? I surely am. I have five roommates who I would consider to be some of my best friends, all who graduated with me at Full Sail with their writing degree. Now, I understand that many of your roommates, uh, when, when you left to go to Seattle, had in mind of trying to break into writing for the video game industry, is that correct? That is correct. And how, how have you found the path to be breaking in to the video game writing business to go? Not so easy, <laughs> but um, they have had some mild successes here and there. Give me an example of a mild success. Um, well, a few of my roommates are what we call QA testers. And what's a QA tester? QA tester is somebody who works for um, a video game company. They go through and they try to find bugs in the game build itself, and then they work on fixing them and processing them so the game runs better. And how many of your roommates are working in that field right now? Right now I have three different friends um, who are QA testers. What games are they working on? It's top secret. <laughs> it's top secret, and if you tell me, you will have to kill me. That is correct. All right. And do they work for the companies that actually manufacture the games, or do they work under contract? Some of them do. Um, a couple of them work directly for the company themselves, and then some of them are contracted through other companies to work for the game maker. And your roommates that are not working, not those three that you've already described, what are the other roommates doing? Um, I have one of my really good friends who works at Whole Foods. Um, she is like a floater there. She kind of does everything. She works in the bakery, uh, restocking in the cafe. And she also has a degree from Full Sail. Is it her degree in creative writing for entertainment? It is. And then the, I believe that leaves one other person we haven't discussed. Um, I do have a friend who's, who works in the video game industry, but he does not work as a QA tester. He does more. He started at the bottom working for Nintendo where he took angry phone calls from customers. But he has worked him, himself up now on the ladder and he's working um, 
He works on different projects for Nintendo where he handles their the technical side of the Nintendo consoles. All right, and in your day job right now, what are you doing? Um, I have a couple of different day jobs right now. Um, I am working part-time as a barista at Starbucks. Been with Starbucks for about four years now, so I would consider myself a veteran. Um, And I'm also working part-time as a writer, a contracted writer for the Kinzer Projects. And the uh, contracted writer job that you have going, would that be part of what uh, we have heard referred to as the gig economy? It is absolutely part of the gig economy. And how does that work? Tell me, you don't have to tell me all that's involved in working that job, but is it, uh, you do, you're not a W-2 employee, is that right? That is correct. So they give you an assignment and you work, uh, is it by the word, by the hour, or what? Right now, I make about one cent per word. One cent per word. That takes a lot of words to make very much money. It surely does. All right, well, let's talk about, now we know where you are and what you're doing. Now tell me what you see in the short term. Let's say if you had a crystal ball and you could look at what the next six months were going to be like, how would you like for those to unfold for you? That's a tough question. Um, I've thought about the future a lot, and it's def- my crystal ball is definitely foggy, um, but... I would love to work more on my creative side. I would love to find a gig writing for a magazine somewhere about video games and writing. Uh, but I will have to stay tuned on that one. What about your location? Uh, how long have all of you that are in this uh, apartment together been living in that apartment? We moved up there in 2017. So I think next year we'll be three years together in May, which is a long time to spend with so many people. Uh, Have you all gotten along fairly well? I think so. I think we love each other more now that we've had to live with each other. But do you see that uh, third anniversary is kind of being a date where you're going to make some decisions of whether you're going to stay in Seattle or maybe go somewhere else in the country? I think our time in Seattle has um, kind of opened our eyes to the different opportunities all of us have. And I think some people will stay in Washington, and I think some people will go. Um, For me, I'm on the fence. I don't know if I'll be staying or if I'll be going. All right, let's talk about your love for writing. I know you have an undergraduate degree in writing for... uh, creative writing for entertainment, but tell me about uh, the writing that you've done in your life and what's brought you to this point and what made you decide to major in that particular field? Well, I always loved storytelling. Um, I think growing up, even, I was a pretty introverted kid. Um, I was very creative. I spent a lot of time playing with plastic animals, hoping that everyone would leave me alone. Um, And then Growing up, I remember spending a lot of my weekends in middle school writing out these crazy little stories on a laptop. Um, And I think my love after that spread from my childhood of creating these fantastical places that I could escape into. And if I recall correctly, 
having known you for some time, you actually wrote a full-length novel at a fairly early age, didn't you? I did. I was 12 years old when I finished my first full-length 300-page novel. And what genre was that novel in? I would go with sci-fi slash fantasy. And have you written another full-length book since then? I have not. What uh, what about short stories? Have you written some short stories? I have written um, quite a few short stories. A couple of them were published um, whenever I was in college, hoping to get a few more published sometime in the near future. Let's talk about your writing uh, regimen right now. Do you have a specific uh, amount of time that you spend each day or each week uh, writing, or how, how does that work for you? Um, I try to keep myself on um, a schedule. I like to reserve the weekend for some not as strict writing time, but during the week, um, Monday through Friday, I try to write 1,500 words a day. How are you doing with that schedule? It's some good days and some not so good days, but I try to tell myself that you have to write bad to write good eventually. Well, when you write something, do you go back and edit it right after you finish writing, or do you just uh, kind of leave it alone and move on to something different? Oh, I absolutely have to leave it and come back later. I think if, I'm, if I've just written something, I'm, my head I'm too involved in what I've just written, so I have to leave it for a little while. I, like, I just bought a printer a couple months ago, so that's one of my favorite things to actually print my work out even if it's not the best work, so that later, maybe the next day, I can come back and look at it, and it lets me be more objective with my own writing. So these 1,500 words a day, are they? Uh, are you working on an actual long-form fiction at this time, or are you primarily writing uh, a lot of short stories? Um, it's kind of a mix of everything right now. Um, my good friend Adam and I are reviving an old project we used to work on um, whenever we were just leaving college called The Writer's Cohort. And he and I are trying to basically go back together and um, restart the website. So I do a lot of kind of article type writing um, where it's kind of creative. I get to pick what I want to write about, but it has to do with entertainment. And then I'm also working on quite a few short stories. Um, I can only do really about two at a time, otherwise I get too caught up. And then I do have one longer piece that I'm working on, but I don't know if that's ever gonna go anywhere. Well, in today's writing uh, world, um, there is, I guess, what most people think of as traditional, publi traditional publishing, where you um, submit your stuff to an agent or you attempt to find an agent and then there is the world of independent or indie writing. As we sit here right now, have you made a choice as to which of those directions you'd like to go with your writing? In a perfect world, um, I think that I would love to be traditionally published. Um, I talk about it a lot as kind of a joke, but really I'd love to live on a boat and come in every six months with a manuscript and pass it over to the publisher and then head back out to sea for another six months. Um, have you ever lived on a boat? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever spent much time on a boat? 
in my mind I have. <laughs> All right. So in the dream world, you would like to be in the category with maybe somebody like Stephen King or someone such as that so that you write full time for a living and you spend a lot of your time just by yourself putting words on paper. That's my dream come true. However, I suppose that you realize that's probably not going to be the first step along the way. Yeah, I think that's what makes it such a a dream, you know. Have any of your friends tried the indie route? Um, not really. Um, We had to do a little bit of indie in school as part of one of our publishing classes. So we all kind of put little works up on um, Smashwords and things like that just to kind of get a feel for how it was. I'm going to shift gears here for a minute because I know you've also done some uh, uh, gaming in your lifetime and even worked, uh, even did some stuff on Twitch. Is that right? That's right. Tell our listeners what Twitch is. Twitch is um, a streaming website um, on the internet where you can go and watch other people either play games or make art or um, even just listen to them talk about their life, whatever they want to do. And what did you do on Twitch? Um, I streamed myself playing uh, competitive video games. How did that go? Uh, it went really well for a little while. I, I really enjoyed doing it. When you say that you streamed for a while, give me an idea of what a person does who's streaming on Twitch, trying to, let's say, make a name for themselves or be discovered on Twitch or develop a following on Twitch. How do they go about it? Uh, how much time do they devote each day or each week, or how does that work? Um, so it's definitely different for every person who's doing it. Uh, for me, I found that my most success was I was streaming for a minimum of five to six hours a day, which I had a day job at the time. So really almost like working two full-time jobs, which leaves you pretty exhausted. But I found my most success was streaming those long hours, but every day, you know, with very little time off because you want people to be able to rely on you, to depend on you, to know that when they pull up Twitch, you're going to be there and they can be involved in your community with you. How long did you do that? I think I was seriously streaming for three to six months, really intensely working on growing my channel. Do any of the other members of your group, your your immediate group that you live with, do anything like that? I do have one friend who is, um, he would, I would be in big trouble if he found out I was talking about this. He keeps it pretty private, but I do have one friend who is, um, very big on YouTube right now. He is kind of a cult following around the channel he's built and the name he's made for himself. Well, you're talking about YouTube now, which is a, a different uh, animal than Twitch, right? That is correct. But they are, I would consider them cousins, probably. And on, on this friend that you're talking about who will remain anonymous, um, so he has a show on uh, YouTube that is that airs how often? He posts videos, probably a couple videos a week. Um, and those videos can be anywhere from a minute to 10 minutes, however long he feels like he wants to make them. And then he streams on YouTube 
um, at least one one night a week. We used to call it the 3 a.m. stream. He's from Maine, still anonymous, but he's from Maine. And so when we were in Washington and he was in Maine, it'd be midnight for us. But he still called it the 3 a.m. stream. And now he lives with us and we still call it the 3 a.m. stream, even though he streams at midnight. And to the extent, and I don't want you to get into that fellow's business, but to the extent that you know, how does a person monetize either uh, streaming like on Twitch or on YouTube as uh, this fellow's doing? And by monetize, I mean, how, how does a person make any money doing it? So to make money, it boils down to how many people are watching your stuff. And you want to have a lot of stuff to have more views. So I think for him, the key is constant content. And it's like what I talked about with Twitch. You have to be there all the time. Your content has to be in front of people all the time or you're never going to get seen. Well, and you've already said that right now your your regimen is to do 1,500 words a day. That's your present version of constant content, right? That's right. And what do you plan to do with all that stuff you're writing? Are you, you going to begin sending it out to magazines, I mean, online papers, or what's your plan? Um, I would love to have a couple of short stories um, get published sometime in the next 12 months or so. Um about fifty or about five thousand words. Um, I'd really like for that to happen, um, and eventually one day um, I'd love for this project that Adam and I are working on, those articles we're writing for the Writers Cohort, to either get picked up somewhere else from another magazine or to have other writers come and contribute with us to what we're trying to build. And the end game. Let's say that happens. The end game would be what? The end game would to get paid more than one cent per, per word. <laughs> so it's coming back around to uh, uh, the ability to actually support yourself, hopefully full time with your writing. I think that would be the dream, as they say. But you also, I think, as I understand from what you said, you, you also want that to mean probably writing a number of novels. That's correct. And what genre would you pick, would you put yourself in now as opposed to when you were 12 years old? Um, I think with the success I've had with my short stories, they have been like contemporary fiction, kind of a new adult vibe. Um, I would love to write for young adults. I'd love to write either fiction or a mix of fantastical science fiction for young adults. Let's talk for a minute about your age group of friends, do you find that a lot of people in your age group are struggling with the same issues of trying to figure this deal out and what the next step is? Absolutely. And many of the friends that you know, not just in, in your group, but that you, you see every day at Starbucks or wherever, are there also people who have maybe already have a bachelor's degree and they're trying to figure out whether they can get a job or do the gig thing or what? It's a really strange time for me and I've and from everyone else that I seem to talk to who's somewhere near my age group. It's a very strange time for all of us uh, because it's almost like we had such high hopes, um, you know, kind of going into the deal and you get into it and it is definitely a lot harder than you think it is. And I don't think it's that 
our group isn't trying very hard. I just think that the deal has changed some and there's so much content being produced that it's really hard to break in these days. Well, you know, it's always been the starving artist uh, that just keeps laboring in obscurity. And you're saying that that part of it hasn't changed. Yeah, I've gotten pretty good at that one, I think. <laughs> you got that one down? Yeah, I got that one covered. <laughs> All right, but, well, um, tell me how you think it has changed just in the last, let's say, five years since you've kind of had your finger on the pulse of it. You were mentioning that there's more content out there, for instance. I think that one of the problems that I see is that, yes, there is a lot of content, but um, on the reverse side of that, the con there's so much content that there's very little good content. Um, so we're seeing so many ideas get thrown out there and in our faces, and very little of it is anything that resonates with me or resonates with anyone else that I know. It's just kind of something that we're forced to see or forced to play or forced to watch. And it ends up, you know, not being very good. Um, so I think the problem not necessarily is that we can't break into the deal. It's that our stories that we're trying to create are so important to us and such. We've created these worlds and these stories that are so cool to us that it just feels like they might not ever make it out there. Well, some of this seems to be a matter of uh, marketing, where a, a person helps you break through the crowd. But the huge amount of content works against you, is what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, you un there's this typical notion that cream rises to the top. But have you found that to be the case? I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I do agree. I absolutely think that um, the better your stuff is, the better chance you have. Um, I think right now we live in such a connected age that it's hard for the good stuff to come out because there's just so much good stuff. But there's also a lot of bad stuff. Um, and I think it's just kind of hard to see how you're going to create a story and see how it's going to sit with the public until it's already out there. Well, to, is there an extent to which uh, you or your group try to get around that problem by doing things that are, I guess, somewhat on the edge and maybe explore things that maybe somebody else is not doing? Or are you focusing primarily on doing stuff, just the best stuff you can do? I think, um, I think that we have considered being kind of extreme and being out there but I also think that that kind of stuff is really hard on you because it has a very big chance of not working to your advantage right it's a very big chance of failing but it also I think a lot of us find a hard time surviving and trying to create at the same time you know, being so extreme and, and having these crazy wild ideas are, are great, but you have to have the time to work them out and the resources to really make them come true. So rather than necessarily spending years and years doing something experimental, 
you try to do something a little bit more mainstream and just do it better than somebody else is doing it. Yeah, and then we get right back into the, you know, the struggling, starving artist. And how to separate yourself from the pack. Exactly. All right. Well, so if you were going to just reflect on life for a minute, um, the things that have gone well and the things that haven't gone so well, um, what would your crystal ball tell you about how that's all going to come together in the next few years? Well, um, I think I've had some good times and some bad times. Um, and I think that uh, for me, that I feel like something good is going to happen eventually. It's just the setting it all up right so that all of these culmination of things end up hitting all at the same time. Um, I just feel like I'm really close to something that could be very good. I just am not sure what it is yet. Well, and I bet you are. Well, let's call it a wrap. Um, This has been Grady Jane I've been speaking with. And uh, Grady, I'm going to get back with you in about six months or a year and see how that has gone. And we'll compare notes. How about that? That sounds great. Thank you for having me here today. You're certainly welcome. Just kiss your babies gently. Have a night and do the best you can, yes, and do the best you can.